1: What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always boss player forever. Welcome into franchise player on this Monday, May 1st. It's gonna be May, and it is May, May 1st, 2023. I'm Ben Garrett at SpiritBen on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I'm right for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and Affiliate of On3. Hey, buddy, what's up? Friday is Cinco de Mayo. That's what's up. How about that? When's the last time you celebrated Cinco de Mayo? I never have. Oh, well, I thought you were sending up some story or something. So I guess uh, give me some good Ole Miss recruiting intel, then. I haven't talked to everybody yet, but
2: I've talked to a couple of guys that matter. Cam Franklin, the five-star defensive lineman out of Lake Cormorant, he's target number one for Ole Miss, period.
1: It was big having him on campus this weekend, right?
2: Yeah, he came, and and he had a good time, went to the Double Decker Festival. Tells me uh, within a matter of weeks he's going to have a top five out. I asked him, I said, well, how confident are you Ole Miss is going to be in that top five? You know, Cam was really smart. He's like, well, I just got back from Ole Miss – I had a really, really good time. He said, you know, he kind of indicated I need to let the bump wear off a little bit before I answer that
1: question. What's the point then of releasing the top five? Just to say this is where things stand today? I mean, I don't get that.
2: Yeah, if you're not in the top five, you can probably start to look elsewhere. And, And I mean, Ole Miss, they have options on the defensive line. They've already done great work. Getting Jeffrey Rush in here. He was here this weekend as well. He's already committed. You know, I was looking forward to Jamonte Waller being back on campus. Chris Davis, his picking teammate. That trip didn't happen. Those guys did not get up here this weekend. I talked to Davis yesterday. You know, it was more of a, yeah, we just couldn't pull everything together. He's firm in his commitment to Ole Miss, committed to the Rebels last month. But Jamante Waller, another five-star, at least on 247 sports, he's a five-star. You would have loved to have seen Jamonte back because he's going to start culling his list down soon as well. Chris Davis is working on him, sees him every day, trying to get him to come to Oxford. He's certainly been up here on visits before. The trip didn't happen for various reasons. And uh, you know, we'll 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 see what happens there. But He was not on campus this weekend. Jumonte
1: Waller was not. How big of a deal is it then that Waller didn't make it into campus this weekend?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, You know, Saturday was – it was more about getting to know the Ole Miss staff than anything else. They didn't do any campus tours. At least I was told they didn't. You know, it was glad-handing. It was cooling out. They had a crawfish boil for the kids, and then boom, the kids go to the Double Decker Festival, and that was pretty much the weekend, um, but I don't think it was that big of a deal. would have been nice had he been here, but he was not. I was sorry to learn that because Friday they were expecting Jemonte Waller to be here.
1: Well, so much happened this weekend, and we're going to have to figure out the top story with the lead. But as we're recording here, 2023 three-star forward Cameron Barnes, more of a center than a forward, has committed to Ole Miss, another commitment for Chris Beard and company. This is the potential backup five to Jamarion Sharp, who committed to Ole Miss last week, the transfer from Western Kentucky. Like I said last week, I love it when a plan comes together. And Chris Beer is really firing on, on all cylinders right now. So that's a big one for Ole Miss basketball. But the weekend, you had the NFL draft. You had Ole Miss baseball finally, finally winning an SEC series. And then, of course, the big recruiting weekend as well. Let's go to the lead. Our lead story tonight. The lead.
0: You idiot, it's the lead. The lead.
1: It's the lead, where we try to identify what was the biggest story in Ole Miss sports last week. David, for you, what was that story?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it was Jonathan Mingo going with the 39th overall
1: pick. He went before DK and AJ went.
2: Absolutely, he did. And, um, you know, I I really had Mingo pegged as late second round, early third round. Going with the 39th pick, incredible. And I think we picked that, Ben. I think we were focused in on the right four. There really weren't a lot of huge surprises other than Mingo going as high as he did. I really thought Broker would go in the fifth round. Instead, he goes in the seventh round.
1: I wonder if that's a question about what he might be. He's pretty well established. You know what what you're getting to Nick Broker. Maybe you're just saying, okay, well, he's a center that's basically got to learn how to snap at the NFL level, so he's a seventh rounder instead of a fifth.
2: I think it's more about what you know Nick can't be, and Nick can't be an offensive tackle in the NFL. So he's limited to two positions, garter center.
1: You put it well Mr. there about what he could be compared to what he is, and that's kind of what the NFL draft is. You saw Anthony Richardson, who had 13 career starts in Florida, go fourth overall ahead of Will Levis, who dropped all the way to the second round because of traits. And it's like that with Jonathan Mingo. I spoke about it right when you brought it up. But he went higher than both A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf win in their draft. And now both of those guys have signed lucrative contracts with their teams. A.J. got traded from the Titans to the Eagles, signed a four-year, $100 million deal, which is just the worst because I'm a Cowboys fan and I hate the Eagles. And A.J. Brown is far and away my favorite oldest football player ever, and he plays for the team I hate the most. But nevertheless... (laughs) Four years, $100 million deal. And then DK signed a four-year, $75 million deal, despite the fact that they were both drafted in the second round, including DK picked with the very last pick in the second round in his draft. And then Jonathan Mingo goes 39th overall, ahead of both of where they went. And you might think, wait a second. Um, Yes, DK was banged up, injured his entire Ole Miss career, but A.J. Brown had far and away the superior college production on his side. He closed his Ole Miss career as the all-time leading receiver – in Ole Miss history, with 2,984 career yards, he had 12 mm. 100-yard receiving games. How is this possible? Well, Mingo drew favorable comparisons to Brown in pre-draft, and you and you kind of like gave the game away there. It's about what he could be, not what he is, and the traits that could potentially translate and be unlocked with the Carolina Panthers with Bryce Young and the number one overall pick. He posted a better RAS, which is relative athletic score. Then A.J. coming out of college, his was 9.86, and A.J.'s was 8.78. They're almost identical with the, the size that they are, like 6'2", 225. Mm-hmm. But Mingo in pre-draft vested Brown's numbers in the bench, 40-yard dash, 20-split, 10-split, vertical and broad jump, and they posted identical, near-identical short shuttle times, though Brown did have the better three cone. I hope Jonathan Mingo becomes the next A.J. Brown. I think he can become the next A.J. Brown. Um, at the next level sure of course he can he compares favorably to him on paper it was still a very uh surprising thing and and pat on the back to mingo is awesome for him great kid i hope he just crushes it in the nfl i don't think he will but it was still a surprising thing to go wow man aj went in the 40s and then dk had to wait all the way to the last pick in the second round and mingo was off the board quick uh but as far as other stories for Ole miss i think the other one Just finally that Ole Miss baseball won a frigging baseball series. Holy crap. Well, you can
2: can put that at number two, but I would argue, you know, Matt Corral's uh, Instagram post is pretty darn interesting after the Panthers took Bryce Young.
1: What else is he supposed to say, though?
2: You've been playing ball a long time. You should know that you keep your mouth shut and you do your thing and you don't call your organization out for drafting a quarterback. Uh, You know, there's nothing in your contract. And and I love Matt Corral. I like Matt Corral. But there's nothing in his contract that says, we will not take another quarterback next year. Matt basically posted on Instagram that um, if you're not wanted somewhere, you should
1: go somewhere else. I see it both ways. One, it's lame. Two, I get it. This whole group of players coming up, from the minute their high school recruits until they've made their second transfer decision are effectively told you are the difference maker. You're the one we need everywhere they go. Their first commitment, their second commitment from the portal, you are what we need. You are it. And so they get to the NFL, and a lot of these guys aren't prepared. I mean, they're used to it the social media culture, too, of everybody paying attention to every single move they make. So the obscurity of once you get to the NFL and not being one of the starting 22 and fighting for a roster spot or you're coming off of a debilitating injury in your rookie year to try to win a job. And for a lot of them, it's hard to make that adjustment. I'm not saying Matt's not, but that was an ill-advised decision to post something in that way. It's not like recruiting where you could say, you know what? I don't like my situation now. You brought in another quarterback. I'm going to now get into the transfer portal. No, you're on a contract. You're kind of locked in there. So the best thing for you would be just to go to work, um, even though you're not going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, Andy Dalton, if anything, will be the starter as they bring Bryce Young along. You are now an afterthought. But to think that you can't latch on somewhere else by putting in good work and by being a good soldier, yeah, that, that's just short-sightedness. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the mindset of these players these days with, with the advent of uh, player movement and, and the way they're they able to move around them like ever before. When you get to the NFL, it's just completely different. And I think Lane Kiffin, much as he tries to, like, coach these guys up on it, until you get in it, you just don't realize. I mean, they're they're trying to replace you. I appreciate the honesty, but as far as advancing your career it does you no good because now you have to fight for a roster spot. You're a short king like Bryce Young. You know, it's not like you're 6-4 and have different transferable traits to Bryce Young. You're a lesser version of Bryce Young on paper to the Carolina Panthers now. So you have to make the roster. You you don't think Andy Dalton the vets going to make the roster? Yes. So what are you fighting for? Holding a clipboard on Sundays potentially or being the inactive third quarterback? Um, the mm-hmm. best you can do now because of the injury, and it's not your fault, but that's the cruel reality of the NFL. The best you can do now is go to work, show that you're healthy for your next opportunity. Even if it's get cut when they make their final roster trims and latch on somewhere else, that's fine. But unlike in college where you can run to Instagram or Twitter, post something cryptic that everybody knows what you're saying to bring attention to it, That that's just not – I mean, NFL teams, they don't have any time for any of it. These players, they're they're having to learn failure again, and a lot of them haven't felt failure in any kind of way football-wise outside of some on-the-field wins or losses since high school. Even in the tampering portal, you have players that are being contacted saying, hey, man, I know you're at Auburn right now, but if you come here. So there's always this, well, if I don't have what I want now, then I'll just go somewhere else. It's not my fault. It's someone else's. And, again, injury is not Matt Corral's fault, but it happened. They're just trying to put the best team together. You think putting the best team together includes making Matt Corral QB one right now? No. So you got to understand that, and you have to go to work. He took it down,
2: but it was screenshotted. It's out there. Bad move on Matt's part. Like, Matt, where are you going
1: to go? There's nowhere you can go. You're locked in. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
2: you know, you can demand a trade, but, you know, right now, do the Panthers get anything for him?
1: You know, that's completely. I mean, look at DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift just went to the friggin' Eagles. DeAndre Swift is an incredible talent as far as running back. He can't stay healthy, but he's an incredible talent when healthy. And this was a former second-round pick to the Lions, and he got traded for a fifth and a swap of sevenths. If anything, you put a target on your back.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: exactly. As far as undrafted free agents, A.J. Finley to the Los Angeles Chargers, Malik Heath to the Green Bay Packers, Mason Brooks to the Washington Commanders. Troy Brown to the New York Giants, Otis Reese to the Tennessee Titans, KD Hill to the New York Jets, and then, of course, Zach Evans goes to the LA Rams drafted, Nick Broker goes to the Bills, Mingo to the Carolina Panthers, uh, Tavius Robinson to the Baltimore Ravens. Of all of those guys, who do you think had the best fit as far as where they landed?
2: These free agent guys, I kind of think Otis Reese is going to make a team. I could see that happening. And I love AJ training. Finley
1: with the Chargers. I think A.J. Finley's a guy like Mike Hilton, who signed as an undrafted free agent with the Pittsburgh Steelers and played for 10 years.
2: All right. So moving on to baseball. I spent part of Thursday morning with Keith Carter. We talked about Mike Bianco. And we and, and I asked Keith, you know, to reflect back on some of his commentary regarding Mike after he won the national title. You know, he's here forever, lifetime contract. I'm paraphrasing. But that was the gist of what Keith Carter said. And I asked him after, you know, right before the Georgia series, you know, had anything in his mind changed about what he said? And his response was absolutely not. If the Rebels make the SEC tournament with a late season surge this year, that's great. But if they don't, you pick up the sticks and try it again next year. So nothing has changed in keith carter's mindset and i only asked him that question because whenever i'm sitting down with keith i like to give the readers an opportunity to tell me some questions they'd like to have answered that was one of the most requested ones and um
1: it's a good way to phrase it too has anything changed as far as how you felt or what you said after the season last year and, and yeah. of course, the answer is no, not this year. My question would be, okay, what if it happens again next year? Then how are you feeling?
2: No, yeah. well, I'm going to ask him next year. Yeah, but the man's been here a quarter century. Okay, twenty five years. It is a Clorox clean program. He's never had any trouble. You rarely hear of any of his guys having any trouble. They compete nationally. They're not this year. But they won it all last year. How in the world could you sit there and go, it's time to fire him 10 months later? Because they're, no just
1: frust- they're just frustrated. They thought because with the title that Ole Miss had arrived and here they are struggling to get to Hoover. They are out. They got to get out of the bottom two spots to get to the SEC tournament. They needed at least two against Georgia. They're only one game behind Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State, of course, beat Ole Miss because that's what Mississippi State does in baseball, apparently since 2015. Uh, but they were swept by Tennessee. So you get to Hoover, maybe something special happens, but Ole Miss hasn't proven he can pitch. But as far as the Mike Bianco situation, there isn't one. All right. Well, we started with recruiting. We're going to end there with the recruit check. Here we go.
0: Check it. Check
1: it. Recruit check. For Ole Miss fans that will be plugged into recruiting all week, the recruitments that drive our sights at the Ole Miss Spirit and inside the Rebels, what do they need to be watching in Ole Miss recruiting this week?
2: Coaches are out on the road. I know Randall Joyner is going to Pascagoula to see Jeffrey Rush. Uh, Rush is solidly committed. He was here Saturday, had a good time. I talked to him yesterday, as a matter of fact. And there's a story up on the front page inside the Rebels with that interview but, of course, Antonio Carter, the cornerback from Rhode Island, took his official this weekend. I haven't talked to Carter yet. I understand they feel like things went good, um, but he's got a lot of offers, and I would say he's going to take a lot more visits. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. Honestly, the biggest thing, I think, to watch this weekend, of course, the portal is now closed, so – all the old Miss players that were going in the portal, they've already gone. Everybody else is here to stay. And, you know, that's something we haven't talked about. You know, you had a wave of guys hit the portal on Friday. Brandon Buckhalter, J.J. Hawkins, and walk-on running back Matt Jones. Um, I really felt like Buckhalter and Walker Howard had some extreme chemistry going over this spring. Oh, they did. J.J. JJ Hawkins running second team. He was going to play. Those are two losses there that I don't think you can just wink your eye at, and you know hopefully this is an nil play and both of those guys will come back into the the fold so to speak. Matt Jones spent a lot of the spring running third team running back, you know, but will he be third team in the fall with Kedrick Ruscano coming in?
1: I mean, probably going to have to drop down a level. Let's be frank, and you you can get some real runs somewhere because of your productive spring. That should play to your favor a little bit, but it's not going to be at old Miss. My question is uh, J.J. Hawkins, Brandon Buckhalter, Flip Carswell, DeMarco Williams, uh, Braxton Myers, Elijah Sabatini, Marquevious Brown, Tyrell Malone, any of those guys you think come back potentially?
2: I think Buckhalter and Hawkins are both candidates to come back.
1: Braxton Myers currently projected to go to Purdue, where who? Sam Carter.
2: Yeah, um, Sam Carter's there, and, and that's where he's going to go.
1: That, that one just yeah. still isn't sitting well with me at all.
2: Well, if you're going to run this thing with a pro mindset, Ben, you got to expect that. The yeah. kids are going to have the same mindset
1: you are. But still, sign in November, early enroll, go through spring, and then transfer.
2: I personally think Braxton Myers would have been on the field here in a year or two, but, you know, he's, he's gone. He's not coming back. But, again, I think, again, that goes back to the pro mindset, okay? We're going to treat you like pros. Well, you know what? Those people you're treating like pros are going to treat you the same way. But I, I'm going to tell you, after this fall, when we see what Miles Battle and Tysheem Johnson and Davison Ben do, I think it's time to re is the portal a positive gain or a, 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 a negative loss for the Rebels. Because you're losing guys that you don't want to lose. Dave
1: Sidney Benos is still the one that's absolutely killer to me.
2: Well, uh, I mean, in truth be, be told, all three of those DBs that left in January would have been starting. That's the secondary that you're trying to rebuild right
1: now. What have you heard and, about those guys all these months later now, now that we've had some room? Because I've heard like with Miles, he just wanted a fresh start.
2: Yeah, and, and, and maybe so. But, you know, whose fault is that? Why is it that he wanted a fresh start? You know, why is it that, you know, one of the most promising cornerbacks in the SEC, Davidson Ignosen, ends up at Ohio State? You know, why did Tashim Johnson leave and go to Oregon? And he tweeted something this weekend. Evidently, he's very happy there. That's for the record. So he must be starting for the Ducks. But there are some bad things that you lost. It's likely gonna happen again after the 23 season. You're gonna have guys hit the portal and go and uh, you know seek fortune elsewhere.
1: Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank. Local. Invested. Modern Banking. Are you ready for the Grove? Because I know I am. So join Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss football rebels at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process. And to explore seating options, visit OleMissTix.com, OmusTIX.com, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation today, 662-915-7159. For Ole Miss football season tickets, it's time again to help lock the vault. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The older I get, the more I realize are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills, so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around, saving on travel so that I could take my girls on trips because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner, too. So enjoy the things you love, the old Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
0: Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: ba 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 What happened with Shane Hooks? Because I've talked to a lot of people and there's some conflicting information oh, out there. Oh, man. You know. Committed that, to Old Miss and decommitted days later.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I heard, and, and you hear a lot of things, right? Yeah. That. You know, like I heard I good.
1: heard he was getting a walk-on offer at Ole Miss, and then he got another offer somewhere else in mind. Yeah,
2: and a better NIL deal.
1: Yeah.
2: I think you can forget about him. And the bad thing is we all knew Hooks was coming for the longest of times.
1: That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's the weird yeah. thing.
2: How do you cover yeah. this, man? He, he stayed at Jackson State to get his degree. And to come to Ole Miss. To come to Ole Miss. And, 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 you know, I've got something coming. Keith and I talked about NIL. And the thing of it is nobody knows what it's going to look like two years from now, nobody, you know, it came in on us all as kind of like a thief in the night. Right. And I mean, boom, it was here. It's going to change just as fast.
1: I'm just seeing way too many posts on my message board. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're seeing it too on your message board of man, this new world of college football is totally different than what I fell in love with and loved.
2: If you're a casual fan and you turn football on from September to January and you don't worry about recruiting, whoever shows up on your roster is fine, then nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. But if you follow college football and you follow recruiting, you know, it's a totally different world, totally different. And, and you know, it's just like with our crystal balls and what we well, all call it something. You know, that was a great idea eight, nine years ago when Shannon Terry invented it, but it's not anymore. I don't know what Alabama or Auburn or whoever is offering a kid NIL.
1: That's why I think the on three NIL valuation matters, but also it gives these kids an inflated sense of how much they're worth. But you're talking about the recruiting prediction machine. Joseph Cryer, for example, has a 42.2% a uh, projection rate to Ole Miss while Oklahoma State's at 22.5. But here's the thing. Like somebody made a really good post on our board over the weekend. It's like commitments don't matter. And Not hell, si- signees barely matter, matter anymore. Braxton Myers signed in November.
2: You know, when that broke, I, I was really like, no, this can't be right. <laughs> you know, the, the, he can't be leaving. What are you, What are we talking about here? Um, and lo and behold, he did. I mean, he's been in school four months.
1: Matt um, Mott left for Oklahoma. that surprise yeah. you as a soccer coach?
2: Not really. Uh, I mean, Matt had been here a long time. He did a really good job. Um, no, it, it didn't surprise me. You know, he, he, he spent a lot of time out in that area of the country. He was an assistant at Texas for a long time. Um, you know, so, no, it, it really doesn't. Um, and I wish him well. Nothing but well for the Sooners, except when they get on the pitch against the Rebels.
1: A star-studded visit weekend for Ole Miss football. Quick hitter edition. just tell me where Ole Miss stands with these kids, all right? Five-star defensive lineman, Williams nguyen I
2: mean, he was on campus, that's a good thing, but he's got a lot of people after him, so I'm saying no.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking Oklahoma. Uh, we already touched on it, but four-star defensive lineman, Camarion Franklin.
2: I, I do think Ole Miss is in the top five. Um, Kamaryan has been here three times this year. In February, he came up with his with his family. In March, he came up with his head coach, Coach Nestor Lake Cormorant. And then he came back on Saturday. So, you know, the old adage, follow the visits. He's he's been to Ole Miss probably more than he's been anywhere else. Now he lives closer to Ole Miss than he does anybody else that's in contention for him. But um, yeah, I think Ole Miss will, will make his top five. I I truly do.
1: Four star tight end Caleb Odom wide receiver, according to Ole Miss's recruitment of Caleb Odom. We both think they're going to get him. Jamonte Waller didn't show up this weekend. Where does Ole Miss stand with him? However, he was listed as a expected visitor.
2: Yeah, I think Waller is, uh, I think Ole Miss is in good shape when Waller makes his next round of cuts. He's a kid that uh, can pretty much go anywhere. Uh, But I think they're okay with Jamonta Waller. I I really and truly do. I'm not saying they're going to get him,
1: but they're going to be there at the end. He's 6'1", 230. Listen to his linebacker. That reads more like a potential edge.
2: Yeah, we we have him at 6'2", 225. But um, I think think Ole Miss is like, hey – He's good enough. We'll figure out what to do with him when he gets here. That's, I think, how they're approaching Jamonta Waller. Uh, I think he's a backer. I think he's going to play linebacker. Uh, but uh, we'll
1: see what happens. All right. Who won the week last week? We're going three. One, two, three. Yeah. Let's go. Who won the week? I'm picking Grayson Sonya, Ole Miss, finally. Ole Miss baseball, finally. the Defending national champions finally won a series, an SEC series, and Grayson Sonia on Sunday had his best start of his young Ole Miss career. I mean, this was a kid that in the fall, the Ole Miss coaches were saying, hey, he's the next one in line, the next Ole Miss ace. And just like Gunnar Hoagland and others uh, struggled in his debut Ole Miss season, but when they needed him to on Sunday, Hunter Elliott's being shut down again. He's probably done for the year. There's just no reason to throw him at this point. But Grayson Sonnier stepped up in a big, big way. Just one run on two hits, struck out six, and put Ole Miss in position to win. Now, of course, the bullpen blew the lead, and uh, Ole Miss had to walk him off on Sunday. But Grayson Sonya, good for him because it's been a rough season for him. Who won the week for Ole Miss in Ole Miss sports for you, David Jones? I don't disagree with everything you said
2: about Sonya. okay? That was big. But my winner for the week, Jonathan Mingo. I, I mean, this kid. This so happy kid for, for that week.
1: kid, man. Yeah, Great kid.
2: Brandon, Mississippi. I mean, upsets the apple cart? No, he, he like burnt the apple cart down going with the 39th overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, I, I look at his ratings in high school, and he was a four-star recruit, okay, so that's a pretty big deal. He was rated as the number 32 wide receiver in the country by the composite index, okay? In our 24-7 sports ratings, he was a three-star rated as the number 57 wide receiver in the country and the number 18 player in the state of Mississippi. Boy, did we get that wrong, right? Um, So, you know, Jonathan Mingo is not the kind of guy who would go stick his middle finger up and wave it at everybody and go look at me. That's not Jonathan Mingo.
1: Be way cooler if he did. But he could. He absolutely
2: (laughs) could. And, I mean, look, these rankings – or, you know, they're a a starting point in terms of recruiting. You know, Mingo had offers from Georgia, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Auburn. He had all the big fancy offers. Just somebody in our recruiting office didn't think very highly of him. And uh, he certainly proved them wrong. And, uh, you know, man, I'm excited for him. And as we've pointed out, went higher than A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. I mean, Jonathan Mingo. I mean, is he the next great NFL receiver from Ole Miss? He's certainly got
1: a chance, and there are certainly a lot of people that think he is. Well, I was trying to think about this with Mingo. I can't remember the last Ole Miss Rebel. And I'm not saying Mingo didn't have a good Ole Miss career. He had an objectively good, solid Ole Miss career. But it's not like he broke out. It's not like he set records like A.J. did. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to think of the last Ole Miss Rebel – that was so incredibly impressive in pre-draft that he was already, because of his traits, his next level transferable traits, a potential top four-round pick. But to go from the low end of a fourth to the second round just based off of what he could be in pre-draft being so impressive, I can't think of another Ole Miss Rebel that's had this kind of rise.
2: Yeah, I I mean, that's true. Because Elijah Moore, you saw that coming from a long ways off. Yeah. But Jonathan Mingo, I mean, fantastic. I mean, so for me, Jonathan – He's the winner. I I, I mean, he's my winner for the whole week. Um, You know, fantastic um, everything. I mean, you know, now now the work begins right now. He's got to get in there and prove he belongs and prove uh, he belongs where he was picked in the draft. But, you know, good, good deal for Jonathan Mingo.
1: And, you know, you hear it all the time from coaches, especially when they're being derisive in the the media, when they're having their press conferences and want to make like a little snarky remark, like Jimbo does this, stars don't matter. It's not about the stars for us. Well, look, man, 21 of the 31 picks in the first round were five and four stars. Eight more were three stars. Only two weren't ranked. Stars matter. 24-7
2: sports has Jonathan Mingo ranked coming out of high school as a pedestrian three-star prospect. That's crazy, crazy, and 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 the 18th best player in the state of Mississippi. What? In the 2019 class.
1: Who was ahead of him? Well, let's see here. Let's see. Pull this up. I got to know this before we get out of here.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Okay, number one. First, first what class? What
1: class year are we talking about here? This is the
2: 2019
1: class. All right, 2019. Number one was
2: Charles Cross. He's in the NFL. Yeah. Number two, Nakobe Dean. He's in the NFL.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
2: Number three, on Ealy. He's on the Chiefs
1: uh but, but I get it. I get it. Jerrion Ealy, he, he just – it didn't work out. But he's great. He was a great player coming to high school. I yeah. mean, everybody wanted him. Clemson wanted him. And that's when Clemson was winning the title.
2: Number four, Nathan Pickering.
1: Good player State.
2: Number five, Byron Young.
1: Went to Alabama. Good player.
2: Number six, Charles Moore, defensive end from Louisville. Louisville.
1: Okay. He went, to went State, to didn't he?
2: he went to Auburn, transferred Auburn. to State. Oh, okay.
1: All right,
2: number seven, Jaron Handy.
1: Oh, he just washed out. I love that kid, too. I wanted him He's so bad.
2: From Hattiesburg.
1: Yeah. All right,
2: here's your one. Number eight, Brandon Turnage from Lafayette. Oh, boy. Signed with Alabama. He's no longer there.
1: Lafayette, kid, signed with the Ole Miss.
2: Number nine, Ole Miss fans will be familiar with this guy, Dennis Jackson.
1: Wow, Dan is yeah. ranked that for nine spots ahead nine of
2: nine spots ahead of Mingo. Number 10, Demonte Russell.
1: I don't even remember that guy.
2: Weak side defensive end from Provine, signed with state. Okay, all right. Number 11. Okay, number 11. Good guy, Derek Hall. Went to Auburn. He's, he got drafted this weekend.
1: Okay, that's fine. That That's fine. That's fine. Derek is fine. So far, I've heard five or six that you could have an argument for
2: yeah it gets worse number 12 ray darius jones
1: radar
2: <laughs> radar jones radar Sign was coming to old miss
1: remember he was coming to old miss and then he, yeah, he and the kobe dean right yeah they were coming
2: both of them were in horn lake jerry and jones number 13 safety northwest Rankin. don't remember i with mississippi state number 14 is interesting Quarterback out of North Panola, KJ Jefferson.
1: Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Okay, KJ. pause, pause, pause. Would All you, right? David? Would you rank KJ over Jonathan Mingo for what we know now about the 2019 class? I still wouldn't.
2: I might. No. I might because KJ is going to be a. He's going to be a big time draft pick if he stays healthy.
1: Yeah, and he's going to be uh, a record setter at, at at Arkansas. I mean, he's going to end oh, up in the yeah. books. So I guess as a college player, yes. As an NFL player, I would bet my money on Jonathan Mingo and the transferable traits.
2: We'll see. K.J. Scott, one more year left flinging the ball for the Hawks.
1: If K.J. was a next-level right. quarterback, he would be gone already.
2: Number 15, Brandon Cunningham. Okay. Offensive tackle out of St. Martin, signed with Mississippi
1: State. Take your word for it.
2: Number 16, DeAndre Prince.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. DeAndre yeah. was 16th in that class? 16th. Wow. I 16th. mean, DeAndre is, is an NFL cornerback. Probably under- oh, yeah. Right now, but he can I work his way to the back end.
2: Of course he could. I don't think there's any doubt. Okay. The guy in front of Jonathan Mingo. Okay. You got, you got to guess. You ought to be familiar with
1: him. Oh, my God. Don't make me guess.
2: The quarterback. John Rice Plumley.
1: Number Whoa! 17th. Yep. How about that? Whoa. I could get yep. that back then ranking him, but not sixth at night, seventeenth in front of eighteenth, Jonathan Mingo.
2: Yeah, and then there's eighteenth, Jonathan Mingo. The guys behind him: Jaleel Clemens, D.N. out of Starkville, signed with Memphis. Nineteen, number twenty, Micah Kelly, running back out of Ocean Springs, signed with Toledo.
1: He was legitimately – was Mingo the last rank of the legit players coming out of Mississippi in that class according to 247?
2: He was last. Well, yeah, I'm scrolling here.
1: Of the legit, legit players.
2: Wow. I'm looking for one. Oh, okay, here's one, number 29. This is interesting. Snoop Connor, number 29.
1: Well, still, that, that – okay. No one saw Snoop becoming a thing. Ashante Sistrunk was
2: number thirty.
1: Okay, uh, that's uh, about uh, right. Mingo was board, the, the point is that Mingo was ranked last of the legit dudes, and he had far and away, um, maybe not necessarily the college reputation, but the NFL draft selection process. He went higher than most all of them. Charles Cross middle
2: middle was middle. number thirty-five. Kinkead Dent number forty-nine. Yeah, there you go. That's good uh, for that's, Jonathan that's Mingo. Yeah.
1: You're right. You're right. He won the week. Grayson Sonier won Sunday, and thank God he did because Ole Miss couldn't have gone a full season without winning an SEC series, right? So yeah, he won and, you know, Sunday. Jonathan Mingo won the week.
2: As I flash back to covering Mingo as a recruit, and I'm sure you'll agree, we knew how big of a deal it was to get him. Because mm-hmm. it was Ole Miss in Georgia, little bit of Mississippi State in there, but you really didn't feel like he was going there. Um, Georgia made a serious run at him after he had committed to Ole Miss and he didn't move. Well, didn't we said out. back
1: then what NFL teams said uh, in the pre-draft process that he compares favorably to A.J. Brown. We all said these things. It hasn't changed. Uh, it wasn't the same college career, but it's interesting that he wasn't dinged for that, for not becoming that record setter like A.J. Instead, because of how well he tested, he goes ahead of A.J. Brown as far as draft selection that is wild but yes he won it and good for him i did not know that two four seven two four seven had him ranked that low no clue yeah that of is- course
2: you know again four star in the composite so somebody had him sky high man it, it felt like we were covering the recruitment of a five star down the stretch really yeah um but a three star you know that's a that's just kind of crazy Really, really is. But congratulations to Jonathan Mingo and everybody else that got drafted or signed. Good luck in your futures.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Um, we hope for the best for all of them. This has been another edition of Franchise Player. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Ole spirit Spirit, omspirit.com. An affiliate of On3, he writes for Inside the Rebels and affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already, subscribed, review, talk with champions and iTunes, and when you do, Leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. We'll be back later this week. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. It was fun. Howdy, toddy, everybody.
0: What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis wandering our historic Main Street with its Opre ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it